0: Today with Sarah McInerney. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player app. I want to return now to the conviction of Aaron Brady, who was yesterday found guilty of the capital murder of Detective Garda Adrian Donoghue outside Lordship Credit Union in County Louth in January 2013. One of the key players on the New York side of the investigation that led to the arrest and extradition of Aaron Brady from the US was former detective at the NYPD's Intelligence Bureau, James Walsh. And James Walsh joins me now on the line from New York. And thank you for joining us this morning, James. Um, I know, as I said, you were one of the investigators in New York where Aaron Brady was living before his arrest. Can you tell us firstly what sort of life did he lead in New York? Uh,
1: He was leading a a nice life. He was working construction. He had steady work. Uh, He had a nice apartment. Uh, He got married, had a child, was driving an Audi. Uh, he He was living quite a nice life.
0: And I know, as, as Stephen Breen is writing in today's uh, Irish Sun, Aaron Brady was very security conscious despite that nice life. Um, did he know, do you think, that he was under surveillance?
1: I don't think he knew he was under surveillance, but I think he had a culture of security where he was aware of what he was doing. Um, we'd watch him on the train or on, uh, while he played uh, football, and if he had a bottle, he uh, you know, a water bottle, He wouldn't throw it away at a public place. He would always take it home. Um, He was kept to himself uh, or his own little circle of friends. Uh, We tried to engage him in conversation a few times, quite a few times. And uh, he was always polite, but never uh, but short with his uh, answers.
0: So can you talk us through then the whole surveillance process and and how it came about that you, you began watching him in the first place?
1: I believe it was in August of uh, 2015, we were contacted by Garda, and we were told there was a suspect in the murder of a Garda detective. Uh, We were given a name and an address and a picture. Uh, From that and social media, we were able to establish uh, the actual address where he was living, and we were able to establish patterns of his work and uh, places that he was uh, frequenting.
0: So you were able to establish where he was. And were you watching him a lot? You know, was this a daily, weekly, monthly thing? Or how did you keep tabs on him?
1: Uh, It was, we kept a, a, it was uh, weekly. You know, it wasn't all all the time we had other things we had to do. Sure. But uh, whenever we had a chance, we were able to uh, establish the surveillance and keep an eye on him.
0: And as you say, then he was uh, quite guarded about his movements and indeed in his interactions um, with with the police. Um, but he did start making a couple of mistakes when when he was drinking. He let his guard down.
1: Yeah, apparently uh, he he made some statements that I that I wasn't involved with. But uh, he started making statements at bars. Apparently, when he had a, a few drinks in him.
0: I know that the Gardaí in Ireland were also keeping tabs on him and there was one point at which they were concerned that he might be trying to move, to leave New York.
1: Yes, we, got, we had information. The Garda contacted us. Um, there was a moving van in his driveway um, and they contacted us and through their information we were able to get a team over there within a half an hour and set up a surveillance on the uh, moving van uh, it later came out that it wasn't for him, it was for one of his associates.
0: So I know there are posters up as well in New York in relation to the murder of Garda Detective Adrian Donahue. Um, how important were the Irish American community in, in, in this investigation?
1: Well, oh, They were very important in this. Uh, they kept the Garda informed of uh, of certain movements he made. I, I believe that information regarding the moving van and his. Uh, Driveway came from, from a tip from uh, from one of these uh, from one of the Irish people.
0: So he would have been well known then in the Irish American community, would he?
1: I think I think there was an underlying that they knew what he was wanted for. Um, there was posters up um, and just the scuttlebutt around town uh, about what he did or allegedly did at the time.
0: OK, so then the morning he was arrested, he was on his way to work in Yonkers. Um, now, I know you weren't actually involved in his arrest, but you were there as an observer. Can, can you just bring us back to that day and, and the circumstances that led to his arrest?
1: Yeah, Homeland Security set up a uh, surveillance on his house and they were waiting for him to leave. Uh, he got into a, a black Audi, uh, started driving. Uh, we knew he didn't have a driver's license uh, and he was pulled over. I believe at first he thought it was just local police and stopping him for a traffic violation, but then it became apparent when he saw the the uh, insignias on the people uh, on the uh, officers that it was federal agents. I think he knew why he was being stopped and uh, what was going on.
0: Uh, there's a quote in Today's Irish Sun as well from that interview that you did with Stephen Breen and, and you say in the, in the article, when I heard how Detective Dunne, who was murdered in Ireland, it struck a chord. Um, there was clearly a real determination by yourself and, and your colleagues to bring about justice in this case.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a bond between law enforcement that a lot of people don't understand unless you put a uniform on. Um, one of the Garda, uh, Brian Mowen, told me a story about his uh, children that just really, uh, you know, whenever I got tired, I would think about that. And he, uh, you know, it would just reinvigorate me.
0: Uh, the co- cooperation between the NYPD and the that then, it, was, it really was fantastic throughout the whole investigation, wasn't it?
1: It, it, it was unprecedented. I've, I've never been involved in something like that. Um, you know, we were getting real-time information to Ireland, from Ireland and we were able to give them real-time information back.
0: How long was it going on for in, in total, James, in, in terms of the beginning of the surveillance to his arrest?
1: Uh, it, it, I believe it started in August of 2015. I believe he was arrested in May of 2017.
0: So uh, would you be involved in anything like this before, which involves inter-country cooperation like that with, with another police force?
1: I, I personally have not been.
0: Okay. And then given it was going on for the two years and obviously there was a lot of effort being put in by, by yourself and your colleagues, what was the reaction yesterday? Were, were you following the case or what was the reaction to hearing the news of his conviction for capital murder? Uh,
1: I, I, I was happy for the family. I was happy for the Garda. Um, you know, we don't. it was hard to judge the, uh, the coverage of the trial over here. It, the, uh, in these states, it's a little more sensationalized. I think it's more fact-based, the reporting over there, so it was hard to judge the, uh, the way the trial was going. So I, I, I was extremely happy when I heard the uh, verdict and wanted the justice for the uh, Donahoe family.
0: Mm. Um, I know that uh, you're a former detective now at the NYPD Intelligence Bureau, but uh, do you reckon that those contacts and connections that have been made between the Bureau and the Guardian and working together so closely, that, that that will reap further benefits in years to come?
1: Oh, absolutely. You set up, you know, they say a good detective always, you know, I'll date myself, but a good detective has a good Rolodex and you keep the names and you keep the contacts and it always pays off.
0: And of course, I know that the family and the the guard, the involved in investigating the case here, they have said that there are other suspects that they are looking at. They've warned those suspects that they will be knocking on their door. Um, there may be further involvement by the uh, U.S. police as well.
1: Uh, From what I understand, there might be yes.
0: All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, James Walsh, former detective at NYPD's Intelligence Bureau. Um, And you can read Stephen Breen's full interview with James Walsh in today's Irish Sun. We'll take a quick break today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio
1: One.